And welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'll be your host. So on today's episode, we're going to head over to a party over at Theta Pi. We're going to go, like, drop our sorority sister in a, like, hole uh, after accidentally killing her. Uh, but also, we're going to, like, try and figure out who this tire iron killer is. Uh, but you know what? Today, we are going to be covering a little movie from 2009 called sorority row and to be honest i could not do this on my own uh you know we're in the wonderful month of september it is not only my sister's birthday month um which is great but also it is uh pretty much uh october eve at this point no no shade to virgos out there or whatever but like you know what it is but anyway so uh but i could not do this alone though because i needed somebody who was uh just as knowledgeable about you know horror movies as i am you know probably even a little bit more so but i also needed somebody because this is a remake of an 80s classic i needed somebody who loves 80s horror probably even more than i do and specifically like cheesy horror but whatever so we want to welcome back to the show he was on our episode for slumber party massacre back in the backpack and then also for sorority babes and slime ball bowl rama where we bitched about the movie for like an hour and a half it's fine but please welcome back to the show my girl my friend pickens berenger pickens how are you cheers slut I'm oh great. yes oh my god um so we were just talking about it off mic but um hey uh congratulations on beating cancer that's so awesome <laughs> for you <laughs> like that was literally so crazy. Like after we recorded Sorority Babes, not too long after that, I saw you post on your social about you getting that diagnosis. I was just like, holy shit, like this friend of mine who I just made and like is so cool, like is literally going through a horrible diagnosis for most people. And I will say a lot of the time where I was checking on your socials and you know, anybody again, you know, obviously you can talk about however you want to but like anytime i saw you on socials i was just like oh you know what he's making it through and i'm so happy for that and that's i feel like the attitude you have to have um in that situation otherwise you'll just want to literally die so i oh, mean yeah. yeah but uh yeah no you don't have to go super deep into that but uh but yeah congrats boo i appreciate that for you Thank and you yeah someone's looking out for you right <laughs> indeed Indeed. Someone has, yeah, they're keeping me alive because I still haven't talked about every horror movie. My life's work isn't over. Your life's work isn't over. And also, like, you know, you just, you, you can't go yet. You have a little bit too much time to go. I also would like to say too, um, have you gone to that? Um, have you gone to that? So Pickens like let me know because we do talk on Instagram here and there. And you literally gave me the um link to a um an event that's in PA. Has that happened yet? Or did you already go to that or no? It happened and I was not able to go. My that schedule sucks. just got super intense. Yeah. And I just yeah. So, you know. Lots of things uh, going on. But I have seen Sleepaway Camp in a theater. I have met Felissa Rose. That's so, yeah. you know, it has been, you know, I feel, I, I feel, I feel okay about it. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Because I was just like, because you were like, would you go to this with me? And I was like, maybe. But like, I was also perturbed at the fact we had to sleep in like a tent or something. Yeah, you have um, to look legit camp. Like the closest town is like 15 minutes away and it's just right. No, it is a town you don't want to stay in. Uh, well, yeah. Is that because they're homophobic or no? I, I don't 
don't not necessarily know. Not. I just, but you know, I don't know. It was it was that small town Twilight Zoney vibe. Oh, like, okay, mm. I got you. No, I understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm also from like well, I'm from Maryland, so like you're mm. from North Carolina, but like you know, like but I get it with PA. Like it is kind of weird. It's not weird up there. Love you, PA. But like, yeah, it, it's a little like I love Lancaster yeah. though, bitch. I love. We that. stopped at like a, a thrift store on our way back down to North Carolina the last time I went there. And in Pennsylvania, there is Confederate, like Confederate flag, like oh, completely. There's stuff, stuff here like, too. Yes, y'all, y'all were, y'all were. That's the wrong side. <laughs> I know it is so weird. I mean, at least we have an ex. Well, not there's no excuse for Confederacy, everybody. Oh, okay, God, no. but but um, I mean, Maryland is technically in the South, and so mm-hmm. yes, it is very weird where you have people who are just like for the yeah, Confederacy, Confederacy or like. It's yeah, weird. I don't know, man. But this is not a Confederacy podcast, uh, nor is it a whatever the hell that is. Anyway, we are not here for any white power whatsoever because white people suck, dude. But anyway, especially I, in this movie, especially in this movie for sure. But anyway, back to Slumber, <laughs> Slumber Party Massacre. Wow. Um, Sorority Row, though. Okay, so let me tell. Okay, so my history with this movie is I had not seen it until like last year, bitch. I or even like earlier this year, I had not seen it. Like I literally never saw it. I know you think I, I am a huge Mo, right? But like I have not seen some of the Mo things. Like I just oh haven't done gosh. it. I know, right? Mm. I know. And plus, also you and me are like almost pretty much the same age. So like we, it was primed for us to see this. We could have seen it. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, like I would have been like what seventeen or something when it came out, or like yeah, seventeen, sixteen. So like you definitely could right, have yeah. probably seen it. And so, but I had not seen it until um last year actually because of black xmas as well because we i watched that as well for the first time oh is that the shot uh wait the black x oh wait no no no, no. i'm thinking of, i'm thinking of black devil dolphin hell never mind never mind no 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 the black xmas remake 2006 i also watched that along with this because mm. i was like oh yeah like these these make sense and they were streaming somewhere so i was like okay perfect great um so like I watched those and I was like, that's what I de- definitely knew I had to talk to you about it. I was like, Pickens, walk me through this Black Christmas remake and also walk me through this Sorority Row remake or whatever this oh. is because it oh, I is. I thought you said Black Exorcist. You said Black Christmas. Okay. Yes, Black Sorry. Christmas. Sorry. We're, yes, yes. That was Fine. technology. That was a, Although Black Exorcist sounds kind of great, though, honestly. It does. Like, and I, I'm and sure it's also called ha- Abby from the Sunday. I also feel like there has to be a movie called Black Exorcist, but who knows? The oh, hell yes. Yeah, I feel like there I has love, to be. I have I not that. seen Abby. There's one. I have not seen Abby. I haven't seen Abby either, but it does seem like it's that girl. I'd be kind of into that. Like, that'd be kind of cool. Abby is that girl. Also, yes, like, this is not just to get on a soapbox about Abby. Abby is a completely separate movie from The Exorcist and was not trying to, like, broaden the coattails, I don't think. And that is just trying to silence people of color and their media. And that's really horrible behavior. So please don't do that. Indeed. Anyway, yeah, Abby seems like it's great. It's great. Anyway, but yeah, I'd never really seen it. So I was like, all right, cool. And I was like, what the hell did I watch? Like, what is this oh. movie? So I would like to know, uh, Pickens, for you, um, what was your history with this movie? When did you see it? And what is it about this movie that made you want to be like, hey, I'll come on a podcast to talk about it. Why not? You know, because I'd love to hear about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I def- I saw I, def- I saw the, the the movie that it's based on, uh, House on Sorority Row. And then, and I remember like, I remember like when the remake was announced or whatever, when it was coming out, I was like, oh, another remake. And then 
I didn't see it in theaters though. And I think it's because I might've been 16. So I wasn't able, it was R. I didn't know like someone old enough to get me a ticket and my, my parents wouldn't take me. So I was like, uh, so I, and then I think, I, I think the first time I watched it, if I'm remembering correctly, I saw it at my grandmother's house. Um, it came on like HBO or something and I watched it there and I was like, oh, okay, this isn't actually as bad as I thought it was going to be because I, when I was a teenager, I was very angsty for remakes. I remember when I saw The Last House on the Left remake, I was like, I was like, it wasn't disturbing and raw like the original. And now I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? That movie is incredible. So I watched it, wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And the the, the early to mid 2000s movies are starting to grow on me a little bit. I'm starting to get the nostalgia feeling for it. So uh, yeah, so when you were saying like, I'm do I want to do like, you know, you, you made sent me that list of movies and I was like, Sorority Row would be really fun. So yeah, that's my that's my thing. Yes, I love that for you, and uh, and thank you for for being so vulnerable and sharing your stories with me. But yeah, no, like I I kind of get that. Yeah, and I think that this movie it is a fascinating watch. It's both a remake of a movie that is really a cult film. I feel like, and we'll probably have maybe a separate episode on that um, where we can talk about it. But like, uh, we will obviously touch on it today because we have to. But like, but yeah, this movie in particular, I mean, it is just a part of that kind of weird time in the two thousands where they just think, yeah, like remake it and we'll make it you know we'll make money from it great um and we'll talk about that in just a little bit about all that but so that's our histories on this so as we normally do on the show we'll go over some of the figures of this movie we'll dive into some of like the background of it and we'll talk a little bit about like the plot and also some of the characters and just uh fun discussion about this movie in general because oh boy chugs 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 yeah (laughs) uh we'll get into her too because uh we'll get into it anyway but sorority row was released uh september 11th of 2009 so i was in fact 17 um so i technically could have seen this movie Uh, and i would have taken you pickings if we were friends i would have been like let's go um i would have been your guardian i guess even though that'd been weird but it's it's fine anyway uh so looking at about 101 minutes a runtime so a little like hour 40 i guess um a little and then a little was, long a little long a little long it could have been cut down like by 10 minutes i'm just saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah i agree summit entertainment is the one who released this and then we're looking at a budget of about 12 and a half million dollars which is like sizable ish enough for opening weekend ranking gross we're looking at um uh it's is it number six with five million uh fifty nine thousand eight hundred and two dollars pretty much and we're looking at a domestic gross of about eleven million nine hundred and sixty five thousand two hundred eighty two dollars we then have about an international gross of about fifteen million dollars to fifteen million two hundred and forty thousand eight hundred and thirty eight dollars with a worldwide gross of twenty seven million two hundred and six thousand one hundred and twenty dollars so for all intents and purposes i guess this movie did at least make its money back and it did fine i guess in terms of just like money i guess critical response is a little different we have out of 81 reviews uh about 26 percent on rotten tomatoes um and then a 33 percent audience score uh with about 
uh, almost a quarter of a million like reviews from people who watched it and who are aware of it. Um, and then 2.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. So yeah, I mean, that's what we're looking at in terms of figures. When we talk about the director of this film, um, we're looking at Stuart Hendler, who I recently found out is a homosexual. And it now makes the movie make a whole lot more I was just saying that I was just saying that before we recorded I was like this makes way more sense if he is a complete mo because like yep 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 I I totally get it Uh, other things he done um, he did a movie called Whisper about two years before this and then he ended up doing a movie called Max Steel but he hasn't had much of a directing career at that much um, really we then have the writers so we have two writers on this i believe uh josh stolberg was the other was one of them and then the other guy who i think is his partner uh pete goldfinger so they wrote it together now josh stolberger uh stolberg made a name for himself because he actually went on probably the year that this was released he was probably writing and being a part of a little movie called piranha 3d from 2010 which is um, so so iconic which and is a very he, actually good movie that is one that is that that's one that's that one. actually is a very good movie directed by alexander aja who we'll also talk about a little bit too um because he was a part of this horror remake stuff yeah whole thing but yeah piranha 3d is great elizabeth shu is a cop in it ving rames is her partner as a cop and then her kids Lloyd are little, is a mad scientist. He is. Richard Dreyfus is in the first scene only. And then her kids are like annoying as shit. And yeah, you just kind of want the piranhas to kill them, but whatever. Oh, also Eli Roth dies in the movie. And then also Jeremy O'Connell gets his penis uh, ripped off. Oh, yes. Oh, and it flies right in front of your face. You're it so does fly right in front of your face. And uh, Adam Scott's there. That's fun. And then also there's a weird lesbian, like um, male gazy, like underwater ballet. Oh, my God. This oh, yes. A, the girls this is badass. Video. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my it God. Is... We're going to cover it at some point. We are it's covering Piranha 3D. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, we are. We already made. Oh yeah, no. Just from this conversation right now, I'm probably putting it on the list because yes. that movie is actually oh. fairly decent. But goddamn, is it weird? Anyway, so this that's what Piranha, we're working. We're not doing Piranha 3D yet. We're doing. We're not doing we're it yet, know. but like we're we're. It's gonna happen at, at <laughs> some point. But like yes. Because that movie is ridiculous. Um, so ridiculous. Just so like this movie. That's the caliber of who we're talking about who wrote this. Um, but also he did Jigsaw and Spiral from the Brook of Saw. Um, so we're looking at that too. I'm not a Saw person, so I don't care. I either, so I'm with you. I don't care. Like, I, I don't know. Whatever. Good for them making money, I guess. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Composer of this movie is Lucian Piani. We're not going to talk about it. He made music for RuPaul and then went on a weird racist Twitter rant. Um, and we so do not condone. No, no, no. I don't condone. No. The soundtrack, the music was shit anyway. It was kind of shit. I mean, there's a few things that, like, there might be a song here or there that might slap, but, like, not by much. No. Sorry. Um, And then... Cinematographer Ken Seng, who actually did what did he do? He did Deadpool. He also did Quarantine, the remake of Wreck. Um, I have not seen it. Wreck is great. I, I oh, assume incredible. that Quarantine is probably not. Um, but Jennifer Carpenter's there, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but th- and this also makes sense because I mean, th- the cinematography was really good. I will say that, yes, it was. And Project X was another one he did, uh, oh, the yeah. party movie, yeah, and that, ex- yeah. 
the cinematography was really good, but the lighting was really bad because mm-hmm. it's it is very hard to see a lot of stuff into this movie. It is. It's very Dark. weirdly lit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't know who the lighting was, but you know, yeah. We're 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 uh <laughs> we're pointing you out, lighting designer, whatever. And then uh Elliot Greenberg is our editor. So he is actually responsible for editing Smile, the movie with Kevin Bacon's daughter in it, and Kyle wow. Gallner. Um, I have seen it. It's fine. It's okay. It was on Paramount Plus, so you could probably watch it if you have that, which apparently is also turning into Showtime at some point. Weird. I got the Showtime package because Yellow Jackets. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched the last episode uh, yet. I know. I'm going. I'll keep my mouth shut. Yeah, we're uh, yeah. Uh, just please do. Um, as above, so below. Uh, he also edited as well. Decent movie, fine, you know. Um, and then also a little movie called The Poughkeepsie Tapes. He also edited, oh, and that cool. movie is a ride too. <laughs> like that is mm. just ridiculous. Anyway, oh god, I watched that as part of um last year it was the watch along uh, like in October. And it was like one of my picks that I did. It was one of the things I did with uh, horror queers. I followed what they were doing. And I was like, <laughs> it was one of the last movies I watched in the month. I was just like, this movie's fucked anyway. But yeah, looking forward to doing it this year. Y'all it's be great. <laughs> I know it's me. Uh, listen, horror movie every day in October. It's great. And then we have our actors and actresses in this movie. Um, so we have Brianna Evigan, who is our, uh, really just a final girl although we do have multiple final girls in this movie um technically uh she is somebody who is in uh step up did you ever watch that movie or the series of movies i've that? definitely seen the first one uh i actually have a friend who's weirdly like obsessed with them not because they're like he likes them or anything it's mm-hmm. just the the fact that it had so many sequels it did have quite a few sequels. Yeah, it was like the, the the bring it on of its time. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I have only seen the first one. Yeah. So she comes from a family of actors. I think her dad was an actor, uh, but not like in a Nepo baby kind of way. I think he was not like a, he's like a working actor, probably some guy. Um, she was also in the uh, music video for the Linkin Park song, Numb, uh, which is cool it's a good little song and she was also in so like s darko which is the weird donnie darko uh sequel that i haven't seen um but apparently she's there uh mother's day which they made a remake of um which i have not seen it's in the original oh i bet and then yeah so that's what we're looking at who is her dad yeah her dad wasn't really doing he he did like broadway stuff um but he wouldn't have been somebody who people would have like super known or anything. Um, and he had also other kids who did go on to uh, do this as well, which is kind of nice. But anyway, so that's our final girl. You know, we're going to talk about her in a little bit. Um, Leah Pipes plays Jessica, who yes. is iconic. Um, Leah Pipes, again, is somebody who, you know, she didn't exactly... She was really in like this movie. Um, before that, she wasn't in a ton. She was in a little movie called Odd Girl Out, which, funny enough, I was just surfing on YouTube and I was watching um, like people talking about weird Lifetime movies and like all that kind of shit. And uh, Odd Girl Out is one of those. It's the one where um, I think Alexa Vega is in it. And, you know, it's about her getting bullied and stuff. So she's in that movie. Fun. Ooh, I've um, seen she- that one. Yeah, no, she she it's a weird 2006 one. You you probably you're probably fine. So yeah, Sorority Row was probably one of her big things she did. 
yeah, I think that's pretty much that. And then she did a lot of uh, TV, though. She did do quite a few of that. She was on Life is Wild, um, which is a TV show from the late 2000s. But she was also in a movie. I don't know if you ever saw a DCOM called Pixel Perfect. Do you happen to remember that? Oh, I loved Pixel Perfect. Well, she's I in had that. The biggest crush on Ricky Ullman. Oh, me and, too. Yeah. And he, and the, I, yes. Nothing's wrong with me. Oh, my well, God. Well, um, she's literally like the lead in that movie against uh, him. So that is Leah Pipes for you. Uh, love that for her. Raviv Ullman. I mean, am I going to run down this thing? Okay, so he's married to a woman. But you know what? He might be a little queer. Who knows? Ricky Ullman, call me. Oh, I love him. Oh, yeah. I think he... I- he, I think he's done the the very standard, like, I don't disclose my sexuality, but I'm married to a woman, but I did, like, a photo shoot in a gown. Sure. Very Harry Styles of him. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Rumor Willis uh, is in this movie. Um, and, you know, Speaking listen. Famous dads. <laughs> famous families oh god she's actually not horrible in this movie i guess what do you think of ruber willis do you have thoughts i i i feel like i've seen her in like i mean obviously this one and i feel like i've seen her in something else and i i don't yeah i don't think she's awful but to be fair mm-hmm. actually no i'm not gonna say anything ill about bruce willis because no he's uh, yeah yeah i, I just it. that that news just came out um I think she's. I think she's. I think she's fine. I like her. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. Whether or not Bruce Willis is a good actor or not, I'm not sure. Really, um, he's fine. He was good in uh, that. He was good in The Fifth Element, I guess. But I'm not much of a. I feel bad that he's sick, and that really sucks. But you know. I don't know. Of course, the thing that she did before this, right before this, was a little movie called The House Bunny with Anna Ferris, where she was in a like literal yeah, brace. Which is <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I love Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love Anna Ferris same. So much. Oh my god, same. Have you seen um have you seen Smiley Face from Gregor Rocky? I have one time and it's I was fucked. not ready to see it. And it just, yeah, it, it, I, yeah, but I, I want to rewatch that now that I've, I've, I love Gregor Arkey now, but like, oh, I do too. Yeah. yeah it, for, I was not ready to see it when I saw it. And just, it, oh. it's weird. Cause Danny Masterson's there a little bit. Um, but you know, I don't know. It's weird, but it's mm-hmm. fine. I'm, I'm glad for him. Cause he made that movie after he did mysterious skin and, mm-hmm. It was a welcome change. Um, God, that movie's so goddamn good. But anyway, sorry. Um, she also won Dancing with the Stars, by the way. That's fun. Um, so, yeah, good for her. Oh, and she was also her, she started her career uh, being in Now and Then, where she was Gabby Hoffman's little sister. That was wow. nice and fun. I know, okay. right? Covered it on the show early. So, yes, we're probably going to revisit it at some point with with my sister um you know so there you go that's probably what i'm gonna be doing in the next few months okay so be on the lookout for that um jb chung uh plays claire see i remembered her name um and, uh she is from real world that's what literally how she was found um but she made herself a little acting career and that's nice She's also like the one person of color in this movie. So and the the and one. Of course, they still made a racist joke. Even yeah, Oh just, yeah. Mm-hmm. God. Anyway, uh, Audrina Patridge plays Megan who is a 
big part of this. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> Not really, is, really. She's the catalyst for what happens. I'm sorry, Jesse, okay. I'm stealing this one from you. You will know Adriana Partridge from the, 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 the legend, the moment, the icon, just the absolute mass cinematic masterpiece of a reality television show that we like, would like to call MTV's The Hills. Starring Lauren Conrad. Yes, that is correct. That is what she was known for. Um, listen, I wasn't much for the Hills as a kid, um, as a person. I just wasn't doing it. Um, although you missed um, out, you you missed out. You just although pretty out. wild, pretty wild though on E. Let oh, me tell you something. Oh, because I didn't Nancy watch that Joe. either. This no, is Alexis Nyers calling. I watched the, for it was briefly on Netflix for a short while. Oh, that's and I watched work. it, and it is the that is actually the Nancy Joe thing is actually one one of the lesser unhinged moments. On oh, that completely. Show. Mm-hmm. I would assume so. Yes. Um. So resident um homosexual Pickens here, but also resident homosexual Donovan on other shows that I've been on. Um. Also. I just shared that with him as well. And he also gets a kick out of it because yes, that. Okay. So for those who don't know, pretty wild was on the E channel. Okay. And it was a reality show. (laughs) Yes. And so, well, because what had happened was Alexis Nyers, who they also did a profile on, on vice at some point where, um, Oh yeah. And it was interesting because she, um, was definitely addicted to drugs at one point and she has oh, since... during the filming of the show oh completely and um was and has since been sober now um and it was actually helping a, a ex-boyfriend of hers out who was dealing with um addiction and i think from what i saw that thing like a year and so ago or more mm-hmm. she matured into um a mostly sensible young lady i guess is what it seems like yeah she had um, a podcast i don't know if she still does it but right. i watched she also had a child ep- literally i think right yes and i she does a whole episode dedicated to the nancy joe oh yeah debacle and everything i think don't quote me on this but i think she bring, she actually interviews nancy joe I wouldn't be surprised. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but we'll, we'll get back to story road in a minute, but like, um, but yeah, no. So pretty wild was this show on E and I don't know what the actual premise of it was. It was but... going to be a, it, they were trying to make the next Kardashians happen. Oh yes. Well, this is pre Kardashians. This is pre Kardashians. I'm pretty no, sure it was. Cause I, okay. Then maybe she's lying then because on her podcast, it w- the show is going to be advertised as like the the hippie alternative to the Kardashians, or maybe the right. some I think, but I don't know. The, I just yeah. remember she said that at one point, but uh. yeah, I, I don't know about that because uh, Pretty Wild was uh, in 2010, and I'm pretty sure. Let me see when the Kardashians came out. When did those... I think the Kardashians came out like a little earlier? It might have. Wait a minute. We're doing the research and development. It's where this is important. Um, let me see real quick. When the fuck did that show come out? I don't know anything about these people like at all. So it's... hold on. Oh, 2007. So, okay. Yeah. Yes, you're right. So yes, I guess this was like during that time. Anyway, we're going to get back to uh, 
pretty wild for just a minute. Uh, anyway, so this movie, or sorry, this um, show chronicled the life of Alexis Nyers and Gabby Nyers, and they were like making their way through a Hollywood social scene. I don't know who these people are or why the hell they were any sort of famous. Apparently, their mom was a Playboy model at some mm-hmm. point. And is now homeschooling them. With, oh, yes, that's correct. And they were going to make, they make mood boards. This is very important to know about all of this. I swear <laughs> to God. Because literally, like, but this is what it... Okay, so but anyway, so Piggin said the bling ring. So the bling ring was these people that Alexis Nyers was a part of who would go to young celebrities' houses in Hollywood and rob them. And there was a movie that was made by Sofia Coppola with Emma Watson in it. With a terrible English... With a, with a terrible American accent. She can't do an American accent, okay? But it's okay. She's Emma Watson. Leslie Mann plays the mom, and she I is so accurate. Oh, she's so great. She's the one from George of the Jungle, right? Uh, maybe she's married to Judd Apatow. Yeah, I think she, that's her. Yeah, I love her. Mm-hmm. She's she's um Ursula. Yes, uh, yes, love that. Anyway, but yes, yeah, so that's that's what we're talking about in terms of um in terms of Audrina Patridge. Oh but yes, yeah. the Hills was ridiculous. Um, yeah, the Hills was crazy. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's like pretty much just the MTV's version of the Kardashians, but like, I don't no, know no, what Lauren no, no, Conrad no, no. was famous I, for. Uh, Lauren Conrad was famous for Laguna Beach, the real Orange County, which does predate the Kardashians. Oh, that's correct. Um, You're right. And it was absolutely iconic. It still holds up. And then... She, uh, after two seasons of Laguna Beach, the real Orange County, she moves to California and moves to LA to get her start in the fashion industry, going to fit them. And she got a spinoff baby. And it was the cultural juggernaut that is and is will always remain the hills. That's correct. I also like how you have to say Laguna Beach, the real Orange County. Like, that was the title of the show, baby. It was the title of the show, goddammit. Anyway, but yeah, so that's what we're talking in terms of... Um, so needless to say, I don't think she was a great actress, but it's fine. Also, we have um, Carrie Fisher as Mrs. Crenshaw, who is the house mother. Um, she's Carrie fucking Fisher. I don't need to go into much more detail about that. She is Carrie... She's Carrie fucking Fisher. She's Carrie Fisher. Like, that's it. Um, and it's interesting how they changed the story for this. And then we also have Margot Harshman, as Pickens stated, is Chugs, who is Chugs, the Chugs, Chugs. the latent alcoholic of the group. Um, Only a character I can relate to. That's true. That's true. Um, and <laughs> she's played by Margot Harshman. Um, the thing I love about Sorority Row is the Even Stevens connection because um, Margot Harshman played Tawny on um, Even Stevens, which was one of Shia LaBeouf's friends. And uh, Shia LaBeouf's best friend in the show, see, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, Steven, right? Or whatever his name oh, was. Wait, wait. Oh, uh, Beans? No, not Steven. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, um, wait, Lewis, Shia, Lewis. Lewis, that's his fucking name. Oh, yeah. Shia, oh, Shia like, LaBeouf's character, the, yes. I was like, what the fuck is his name? Steven? Like, because no, even Their Steven's... last name is Steven. You're right. Oh, God. Anyway, the mom is also in um, Saturday Night Fever, which I really appreciate and love. Mm. And um, the Disney Channel original movie, even Steven's movie, is actually really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it in a minute, but okay, yeah. It, I watched it recently, and it holds up. 
I love that. Good for them. Um, but anyway, so yeah, but Margot Harshman played Tawny. And so uh, Lewis's other friend, uh, Twitty, is played by AJ Trough, who um, was, that was just like one thing. That in the show, that in the movie You Wish with Spencer Breslin and Lillian yes. in it. Mm-hmm. And Tim Reed from Sister Sister, which is great too. But anyway, that movie, can I tell you something about that movie? I watched that movie when it came out because I was of the age. And then also, did you know that they literally went to like New zealand to make that movie why it doesn't surprise me it does not surprise me at all but anyway because most it was in toronto most was in canada mostly when they shoot so why you go all the way there okay which is i think part of why lane was three billboards outside of with missouri or whatever the title yes it was filmed actually in my my state of north carolina because i think i think it was silva north carolina is where it was filmed but they Weird. said that Silver, North Carolina looks more like Minnesota than Minnesota. Huh. That's logic. Weird. We'll always have, we'll always have, she's had a big ass then. She's got a big ass now. That's the best. Um, That's the best Minnesota representation in my book. Um, Anyway, but yeah. So anyway, back to even Stevens. So Margot Harshman uh, was in that show. And then AJ Trough was like the other person in that show. And he was married to one Leah Pipes and they divorced. So it is all a a circle. It's all a circle. circle. It's all a circle. So they probably weren't together. Yeah, no, I think they got married in 2014 um, and then separated in 2019. So they would have not known each other like that. um, Probably just ends up that that's happened. But okay. But that's that's that. Yeah. I mean, like, who's the hell's Julian Morrison? He's one of the oh, he's the boyfriend. He's Greg or one of them. Andy. Andy's that boyfriend. One. Okay, Andy. Was he on Pretty Little Liars? I think he was, actually. He was in Cry Wolf. Cry oh, underscore wolf. Oh, Don't forget oh, about that. It, oh, the the, the 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 private school movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was he was in that with oh, Bon Jovi. Hell that yeah. Movie. That <laughs> movie. The uh, oh my god. Oh, oh, and the twit. Oh, 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 oh. Lindy Booth is in it. Oh, yeah, I know. That movie is ridiculous and horrible, but okay. But he was in Pretty Little Liars. You're correct. Um, anyway. Friend, the British, yeah. evil British doctor. I love that for him. Anyway, but yeah, so that's our cast that we have. Um, we also definitely took edibles before this. So this is going to be a fun podcast, y'all. This is what we're going to do. Um, it's legal in my state, so hell, why not? Whatevs. Anyway, but so... Yeah, that's our cast and all that kind of stuff. But so we, we got to talk a little bit about, like, how did this movie exactly come to be? Now, we'll talk a little bit about just, like, okay, here's what happened, y'all. So in the 90s, like, n- near the end of the 90s in horror films, we had this onslaught of things trying to recreate Scream. Okay? We all know this. Oh, by the way, this is so cunt for Criterion Collection or the channel. Um, high school horror. High school horror, yeah. Yes. Well, as we're recording right now, and you'll be hearing this the same month we're recording. Um, it's high school horror. Bitch, they have the craft. I know what you did last summer. Donnie Darko massacre at central high, which um, when we get off of this call, I'm probably going to turn on um, because I need something to finish out my, my long weekend or well, actually my night, I guess, because I'll get to watch stuff tomorrow. But anyway, you know, high school horror. It's kind It's so good. Ah, I wish they got a few more like, yeah, I wish they got different titles though, but it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Like they do have slumber party massacre on there. They do. 
as much as I love Summer Party Massacre, I wouldn't call that like a high school horror. Like I know it's no, about high school yeah. students, but like I don't know for some reason they didn't. I would. I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked they didn't put Carrie on on the list. I know, but they maybe didn't they put that on the maps. rights. Maybe they couldn't yeah. do. Oh yeah, maybe they couldn't get the rights or whatever. Yeah, but I am because Carrie is the quintessential high school horror movie. That's very correct. You're very right about that. Oh mm-hmm. yeah check out me on um just me plugging my stuff check out me on specter cinema club where i talk about um carrie and the remake of carrie from tv Uh, that was such a ridiculous conversation i loved it um anyway but yeah so all right so that's what we have are gonna the poor listeners are gonna be like oh my gosh sorority row and be like an hour and a half later they're still talking about pretty wild in the hills and that's fine. That's totally fine, though. You know what you came for. Like, this movie doesn't need that much. But anyway. Uh, anyway. But yeah, so here here we have, like... All right, so people are trying to capture Scream again, right? And then they're like, all right, in the 2000s... All right, Soul Survival didn't work with Liz Dushku. All right, that didn't work. Um, Let's see what else we can make. And then someone had the bright idea to remake a little movie called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it it's just... Bay. Michael Bay decided to remake that um, and produce it pretty much. And, you know, that brought in a lot of money. And, oh, don't worry, we're going to do an episode on um, Texas Chainsaw. Got on the books. It's going to happen. Um, and you'll hear, all, you'll hear all about that because I have finally watched all the Texas Chainsaw movies. And we're going to have a whole conversation about it with me and Pickens because we, we will have, we have opinions. We have opinions and thoughts and it is crazy. So be, look, be on the lookout for that because it's going to happen. Um, anyway, but so yeah, Texas Chainsaw made a buttload of money, right? And so... Because studios, as we know nowadays, can't make anything original half the time. They just thought, all right, let's go where the money is and let's remake movies, which is fine. Um, I'm not knocking remakes. However, they remade so many horror movies, which, again, this movie we're talking about is absolutely a part of. I mean, so many, so many. Anyway, and not yeah. and not all of not all of them diamonds in the rough. Yeah, well, yes, correct. Like not all of them were the the weird not not all of them were the kind of what's the word? Lightning in a bottle that I guess Texas Chainsaw is, but like it depends on who you ask. But like yeah, that just happened to really hit at a good time, I guess. Uh oh, but yeah, we have everything from like the Amityville horror, which I saw in theaters. I might ask in theaters for that. House of Wax, which I saw in theaters. Um, The Hills Have Eyes, which I saw in theaters. My poor mother. Thank, thank, thank fuck for her because like she just took me these things because I was like this little horror mo and just your mother is much nicer than mine. My mom would, would have just, never would say if yeah would never would never. <laughs> she literally sat in that Regal Cinema while I watched Emile de Raven and that guy from EZA just like run around. Like, what is this? Like, really? Anyway, but yeah. So, I mean, that's what we're looking at in terms of this. So, like, really, this movie, like, was a part of that. Now, specifically, though, Mark Rossman, who we'll talk about Mark Rossman, but he initially wrote a screenplay um, that was ended up 
becoming it was initially called like seven sisters was a working title of it but it ended up becoming the movie called the house on sorority row from 1982 which fun fact that movie oh also back to ruber willis for a minute um have you ever seen a movie called from within by any chance have you ever seen that movie not no um, so it has her and Thomas Decker in it. Um, sexy Thomas Decker. And uh, you know who he is, right? Yes. He's uh, Jesse from um, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes the yes. one who's in jail. Mm-hmm, mm. Anyway, but um, they're in a movie called From Within. And that movie was actually shot in a little place called Habity Grace, Maryland, where I may or may not have lived near close to when they were making that movie um i'm not in the movie i'm not an extra or anything because i was like in high school uh but uh which doesn't mean that we couldn't have been but maybe i don't know actually but whatever but yes like that was kind of fun all i remember is that somebody um my sister who worked at a pizza parlor at the time um said that one of her like co-workers or something said that apparently rumor willis came into a pizza shop at one time that was oh wow Good, good, good for rumor. She eats pizza. She went to, she really went, just like us. Yeah, no, because literally, like, I'm not tell. I'm telling you, Pickens. Like, that would have been like for Harford County, bitch. Oh, that would have been everything. Oh yeah. Oh, completely. Uh, but yes, yeah, so that was kind of a big deal that they did that, and it was one of the movies to die for. You remember those from Horror Fest? Oh yes. Oh, back from the two thousands. Yes, I remember. I was obsessed with Dark Ride. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. those. Um, it, that's where like Mungo came from. Um, a lot of the eight films to die for. Um, the after horror or whatever the hell. Oh my god, that was a whole thing. But anyway, so yes, but that was kind of fun. But this movie, um, the House and Sorority where we're talking about a little bit, um, was actually done in Pikesville, Maryland. A lot of it was shot there. Um, which is not actually. I used to work over near Pikesville, so I would drive to Pikesville almost. Well, not completely pikesville but i would drive near it uh to the hospital i worked at um and you know that was kind of cool i was like i didn't know this when i first watched this movie what the hell like and so yes the place that is the sorority house is still a thing it is now condos that people own though so you could probably watch it or like you could probably go and see it because it's an old mansion technically but those that mansion has now been turned into condos so you can't like go into it or anything and the swimming pool is not there anymore either um which is sad but what a you know, rip off whatever. gosh well now we're going to kill my sorority house mother gosh yeah so that's like the basic idea though is that that's what the story is is that these girls are trying to cover up a prank and then somebody is like killing these girls pretty much same kind of plot but producer mark cars mike cars sorry and darren hollander i guess they acquired the rights to this movie which wouldn't be surprising because it did end up becoming kind of a cult favorite um you know it probably was easy to get the rights and he hired the two writers of this film to update it so we'll talk about that when we get to maybe a little bit of just like this discussion that we have yeah the writing is not that good and it's because it's like heterosexual white straight men doing it but you know okay um but creating a new story based on the original screenplay they kept to the same story though which is a morality tale about young women who make bad choices that then come back to haunt them but they insisted that more humor needs to be injected into the script which i do think technically they did achieve to a point they did um, just sometimes yeah. it would they made some they made choices on when the humor should be happening 
Yeah, that's correct. Um, the finished script impressed Rossman enough where he came on as an executive producer. Um, so he didn't think it was complete trash. So that's good. Um, and so this movie was shot in October of 2008 in Pittsburgh, which is funny because I wouldn't have expected that. But it was. That's kind of nice. I, yeah, I did not know that. It was. Uh, although the setting is not specified, they wanted to take advantage of the tax credits that are in Pennsylvania and the strength of local film crews. So shoot local. Like, you know, not everywhere needs to go to like New York or LA. Like, you know, you can make movies wherever. This is mostly shot at night in a place called Homestead, which is one block from the Carnegie Library of Homestead. Um, I don't know if that's a part of Carnegie Mellon, but no, it's like a literal library. It was founded by Andrew Carnegie, which is like a big deal, apparently. And so the houses were dressed to resemble a sorority row. And then the graduation scene. Do you know what the name of this university is? Oh, yes. Is it, um, it's, oh God. Uh, Ross, not Rossman university because it's Rossman university, Rossman, which is yes. named after the director, which I thought was cute anyway. So that was shot outside of like Oakland neighborhood in there. And yeah, this was like on, and a lot of these like sorority house, like inside shots were done at a warehouse in craft uh, in Pennsylvania. So that's nice. Like they, again, made it all local, which I appreciate, but yeah, I mean like, Needless to say, this movie, I mean, it got released. Um, they had a teaser over at San, San Diego Comic-Con um, when they released it. Um, and it got released, like I said, September 9th in the US, September 11th in the UK, um, around that. And so, yeah, I mean, like, this movie, again, made its money back and all that. But again, response, the critical response to this movie is not the best. <laughs> um, because you have many people who just, you know, say, like, what is it? I think Stephen Holden from New York Times said that's an interminable mess that juggles more characters and under undeveloped subplots than it can handle and even manages to bungle the setup. Um, but it does have two memorable camp moments. One where Mrs. Crenshaw hauls out a rifle to go after the hooded fiend and says in a booming voice, don't think I'm afraid of you. I run a Krauss with 50 crazy bitches. That's putting it mildly. Um so yeah, that is camp though. And but- 2013 Tumblr Chug's uh, cheer slut Jeff was very much used in a lot of things, and a lot of like a lot of moody teens were definitely putting <laughs> cheer slut all the time. So that is that movie infamous for that. It did that too, yes. And then, of course, too, the abject uh, supporter of this movie, uh, one Trace Thurman from the Horror Queers and Bloody Disgusting, uh, has argued that Sorority Row, quote, manages to subvert any and all expectations by being a hilarious little slasher that knows exactly what type of film it is and praises the uh, film's camp humor. And I think that is kind of a big thing, like, is that this movie, I mean, we could talk about it, but like, yeah, who is this movie for exactly? You know, like yeah, that's the that's I what know. I mean because it's not for older horror fans because it would you know if you love the House on Sorority Row you're not going to necessarily like this one because it's bastardizing the original film. It's you know it's not for I I mean I feel like I guess it's for I think it's for people that enjoyed Prom Night the remake of Prom Night and now they're just a little older and they get the more adult version sure yeah I think it was yeah made for that and I I think like 
it just so happened that gays could watch this and be like, oh, that's kind of fun. That's kind of bitchy fun or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, there. Yeah, it definitely. It, mean Girls with a body count. Sure. Yeah, a little bit edgier than Mean Girls, but yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because I don't think it was written for women. I mean, not at all. Oh God! Oh God! No. The 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 conversations no. alone that they have with each other is it's it's sister bitch and just you know various sentences mm-hmm. just thrown in and jokes. No, completely. Yes. Oh my God. Um. So there's that. So, yeah. I mean, there's that, and then also like um when it comes down to like yeah, like this movie that we really have that like with. I don't know who is for. And then also, I mean, like the tone of the movie, like overall, I guess it's fine. Yeah. I guess the tone, like for the most part, it like, like, I think this is a little bit of a better movie than black Xmas because I think black Xmas kind of uh, focuses a little bit too much on Billy for my liking and not enough on the, the girls that are fabulous in that movie too. Yes. But black Christmas, actually these movies are very, it is, the similarities between them are, but I love, but Black Christmas has, oh God, they have like a lot of, they have better gore effects. I can agree with that. Yeah. A little bit. I just watched Ice Princess like a few days ago with Michelle Trachtenberg. Yes. yes. And they kill her. They kill her with an ice skate. They kill her with the ice skates. In Black Christmas. Oh God. And Katie Cassie is everything. I love you. Anyway, sorry, but like she's so good. Um, why did she not live in that remake for Nightmare on Elm Street? Why? Oh, I she is such an icon. She's she, she is. I, I just love that little pink. Oh my gosh, the pink puffer jack. Oh, oh, oh god, just just mm, beautiful. I, I love cinema. Her. Yeah, I love her. Cin- anyway, cinema. It really is. But yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, like this film, like. I guess the tone, like, for the most part, like, yes, it's a horror movie. And, like, also, like, I guess it was supposed to be camp. Like, sure. A little bit. Like, they just had fun with it, I guess, really. Yeah. I mean, in in this situation, like, I I like how this, well, a lady from the Village Voice named Michelle Orange said, a very thin feminist subtext about the meaning of sisterhood only highlights how bad um, this movie botched its attempt to have it both ways. Naked, bleeding cuties combined with final girl-ish, butt-whipping empowerment. Call me the sarcastic sister, but the only thing screaming in any convincing way here are the cheap look, the epileptic direction, and off-key, quote, edgy humor. It's all so 80s I could die. Which, honestly, those are fighting words for pickets. Like, listen. Honestly. I'm, <laughs> bring them up. Bring them up. Bring them up because listen, like there's a certain there's a certain love that we have for some 80s horror. Um, you know, fun times. But yeah, no, it's yeah. I definitely did message you before and said to you, like, after I watched Graduation Day, I was like, what is it about these movies, man? Like, I I just like and even Sorority Row, the the house on Sorority Row, like it is such a fascinating little movie, honestly. Like, and the fact that it's like a weird film that because you know what Mark Rossman did after this? Do you know the other movies he did? Like, do you happen to know that? Uh, I don't think so, no. Oh, I'm going to, I don't know if I'll blow your mind with this. So Mark Rossman started his um, career doing this uh, this movie, The House on Sorority Row, but then he also, and his cinematographer, uh, Tim Surstedt, I believe, um, 
he was so Mark Rossman ended up uh, making a little movie. Well, the one you'll know the best probably is one film called Life Size from you know a uh, Disney. He literally directed that. Shine bright, shine far. Don't be shy. Be a star. He also co-wrote it. Be a star with the. Oh, I have two pictures in front of me. Unhinged. I'm acting. Tyra Banks. Who? Who else was scared? (laughs) Get that. What did you? What did you call me before the show? A fag enabler. (laughs) Get that faggot off my TV. I don't want to watch that. I have never in my life yelled at a girl like this. We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? That whole Tyra Banks is an unhinged person in a way, but damn it. If she's not somewhat compelling. I also like how a lot of the top model girls hate her, which I, you know what? Listen, I understand. She and Wendy Williams were definitely cut from the same cloth. And I just think, my I think my lucky stars and stripes. I got to I got to live in a world they were that they're in. And that they had TV shows. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Anyway, so he made that movie. Oh, he also made Model Behavior with Justin Timberlake, um, which is also another like little weird TV movie. Mm-hmm. Um but he also this this you'll actually probably like know this movie, obviously. A Cinderella story with his Tillery Duff. Oh, Queen oh, Hillary oh, Duff. No. Oh no. It's the Botox. I can't show emotion for another hour and a half. Oh, Do you God. want a cookie? Mm, so moist. Oh, God. You're not I very love. pretty and you're not very bright. Yeah, I, I may have seen Cinderella, a Cinderella story like a long time maybe. ago as a kid. Yeah, oh, maybe yeah. Just a little oh, bit. that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he also directed that. So, like, that's a thing. And he also made a little thing for himself doing, like, Liz McGuire and, like, even Stevens and stuff. So, like... From Slasher to Disney. Yeah, well, kind of, like a little bit. Like, he ended up, yeah, no, he really did. You're very right about that. So that is so weird. And um, Tim Serstedt, he's the guy who um, shot Little Miss Sunshine, Office Space, The Wedding Singer, 17 again. He also shot, oh my God, he shot some bangers, dude. He shot Mannequin. He shot Don't Tell Mommy Babysitter's Dead and Bill and Ted. And Bill and Ted. Stephen Herrick, come on! Oh uh, my God! Wow! I th- th- that's the, that's the one that's one of the things that these movies have in common. Both the original and the remake have very good cinematography. I will say that yes, and I think yeah, Tim is also a Baltimore boy apparently, so good for him. Uh, Baltimore boy done right. I appreciate that. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, like that's a little bit about like you know just us bullshitting about this movie, I guess. Now, so Pickens. Like, if you were to have to, if you had to explain, I already went over, like, a little bit of what the plot was of the house on Sorority Row, but, you know, pretend like I didn't say that. If you were to explain this movie to a person who's never seen it before, how would you describe this movie and how would you tell somebody it? What's your elevator pitch for Sorority Row? I would say Pretty Little Liars in College that is trying to emulate Black Christmas and Audrina. Just Audrina. Just, Just that could Audrina. be the one thing. Audrina Partridge. Oh. I think it's Patridge, but it's fine. I, you know what? I <laughs> Otherwise, she'd be. It, it might be Patridge. You're right. But it's more fun to say Partridge. That's how I say Partridge, it. Partridge, yes. Yeah, Adrena. Partridge. 
Audrina, um, you yeah, know, so Partridge. Justin uh, Bobby was not here to rescue her this time. I don't even know who that is, but okay. This isn't a Hills podcast, but she did date him, and it caused drama between her and Lauren. Oh, God. So the other thing that we're going to do is we're going to do a Hills podcast. This is also after we do our As Told by Ginger podcast that I would also oh, do oh, as well. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm we're a doing. little seal girl living in the real world. Oh, Why are you like this? Anyway, God. <sighs> That show is so good. Sorry. So we're good. like, we, we are going to, we're going to make that at some point. Oh God. Anyway. But yeah. So I mean, that's, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. I, I like that. That makes total sense. Like pretty much what that is. Yeah. I mean, like the actual plot, I guess, is like these girls accidentally kill their sorority sister friend and then they're covering it up. And then some person comes back and like decides to kill all these people involved. That's pretty much what happens, I guess. If I had to explain it, I guess we can go through a few of these characters and just like kind of what our opinions are about them, if you will. I guess we'll focus on the girls, really. We know you love Audrina. I get it. Um, But I mean, do you have thoughts on Megan? Because she's kind of like the least. Yeah, she's character. like what? Like in it for like three minutes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Not much. I mean, Audrina, I mean, Audrina's acting. It, 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 there's a reason why she was only like in this movie and like, you know, like a handful of others mm-hmm. it's like yeah. he cheated on me it's just That's like very true yeah her so, titties looked good though i will yeah, say oh yeah she you know what and she she did a good job playing dead you know she did do a great job playing dead um for sure um what are your thoughts on um cassidy so our main final girl i y- yes i like cassidy i mean i i do love the actress and I used to can I for a lot for a long time before I like finally looked it up. I thought that that was Danielle Harris actually for a little bit. <laughs> I get it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just gave off some Danielle Harris vibe for some reason. But yeah, I like her. She's you know she's a little holier than thou, but you know mm-hmm. I I don't blame her for the experience that she, her character went through. Yeah, just, no, I. I think like I really like Bri- Brianna Evigan's like I like her little raspy voice she has. I think mm-hmm, it sets her mm-hmm, apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that. And then yeah, I mean like Final Girl speaking. I mean like you know yeah like she does want to see. It seems as if she like she wants to do what's right and she can't because. Ooh, but I do. But she is cool know. as a cucumber. I, I'm I'm t- I'm revoking the the holier than thou thing. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> She, yeah, she, she is, she's cool as a cucumber. And I like that. Mm-hmm. She was, she was good under pressure for sure. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on our resident mean girl slash sorority leader, um, Jessica? I, so I always, I always go back and forth on which is my favorite character. And she's always like, she's a ringer. She is a ringer for sure. Because <laughs> every, I don't think she, I think every single, every single line it, that she says pretty much is just mm-hmm. reading someone to filth just being an absolute bitch to everyone and i i just i just kind of i just love that psychotic like control freaky 
power whoreness of, of it all. I love her. You know, I, I kind of do too, because I think that's where a lot of people, um, especially queer folks, like they can like this movie for specifically her. <laughs> I love how, uh, so the YouTuber Zavid, if you ever watch his videos, uh, iconic, bald, wonderful man but he reacted to this movie because he had people on his channel tell him to react to it and yes there is a certain in his video he says that there is a certain um breed of bad bitches that do not make it through their movies oh unfortunately and that jessica is definitely a part of those some of these include um some of these include uh let's see um jennifer jolie from scream three absolutely Mm, I'm so mad about it. I'm so mad about it too. <laughs> Janessa from Jason X. <gasps> who Zavid has a real affinity for because he loves Jason X. I kind of do too, honestly. But like, um, Janessa, amazing. Lee from um, Black Christmas. Uh, oh, who is, yes. Who was oh. the, ho- the hoe from um, Final Destination. Yeah, Mary um, Elizabeth Watson. Yeah. Uh, Winstead. Winston, thank you. No, so um, no, 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 no. She's the teacher from um, uh, uh, the older sister of that chick who died in the beginning or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's um Lee or whatever. Uh, but she's the the oh. um the teacher from Final Destination. That's her. Oh, that's the teacher from. To. Oh, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays like the Southerner. She's yeah, the NASCAR, the the this the spoiled princess. Yes, yes, yes. So yes, that's yes, what I'm yes. referring to. Uh, my one favorite line of that movie is literally when that chick is in her coat and Lacey Chabert just comes up to her and she just says, "I love that coat." Yes, yes. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Good. Oh, it's so my good. favorite. My favorite line is when she's looking for her sister. And she uh-huh. opens that door, and that like paper Santa Claus fall, like falls down. And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. "Fuck you, Santa Claus!" Oh God, yeah. Don't worry, we're gonna do that one too. It's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, like, so that's iconic. Who are some other bad bitches that are in there? I mean, Jessica's in there. I'm trying to think if there was the other one. Oh, Those Amanda, are like pretty good. Amanda from Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. She was. She, oh, which one's that? She's the one with the pearl necklace. That's just an absolute bit. That's it's the psychic uh, oh. Friday the Thirteenth, and she's just the she's just a bitch to every single you mean, person. You mean Friday the Thirteenth? Because Friday, a bunch oh, of people I are gay. Friday. I look. There's a great there's a great podcast called Friday the Thirteenth. If you ever yes heard yes yes, wow, they're wonderful. Yeah, and you can also hear Pickens on it, I believe, because you I were have, literally yeah. on an episode. I've been on, I've been on an episode. I think I've been on. I've been on. Yes, no, I have been on it. Yes, I have been on an episode. Have I been on two? No, I've only been on one. Yeah, I've been on one. I got a call on one of them. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Woo. Yes. Correct. Yes. Um, no, they're they're actually really they seem cool, and I like their podcast. Um, but that movie is also called Friday the Thirteenth because a bunch of people from that movie are now gay um so that happened but anyway so yeah there is a certain level of bad bitch that doesn't always make it through their movies which is sad and that's unfortunate but yeah no i but i think that's why queer people can like this movie because of someone like jessica because she so is unabashedly a bitch and it has to come from somewhere i guess but like i don't know where it comes from to be honest but who knows? You could get into the weeds with that if you wanted to, I'm sure. Do you have any thoughts about Ellie, uh, Rumor Willis's character at all? 
Um, and my only impression, my only, she just, just a lot of screaming, just a lot of screaming, a lot of meltdowns, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm glad that we're going to get into spoiler territory early, but I'm glad sure. that at the end, you know, she kind of has a come up to come up and some like, kind of mm-hmm. like just take charge. Like, it's like, finally, this is what we've been waiting for Ellie. Right. But, you know, the whole movie is just, she's just a wreck. And it's like, okay, we get it. She's, she's, she's breaking under pressure. Right. No, totally. I, I can agree with that. Like, you know, a lot of what that is, is just, and I'm just like, really? Like, what are, I guess that's what we're supposed to have is that she is this kind of like anxious, like uh pool of, you know, sweat. And then she turns into the bad bitch at the end in a way, like she gets to have that transformation. Um, So I guess that's why she's written that way. But um, yeah, no, I, I can agree that she's not the most interesting, Uh, but you know, it is. It is what it is. <laughs> We're going to get to her, but I'm going to mention this person before her. Uh, what about Claire? So Jamie Chung's character, do you have any thoughts about her? I think out of all of them, I, I like, like she, I like, she like gets the least amount to do, really, mm-hmm. which is, you know, sad because of course she is the token minority of the film. Yeah. And they kind of don't really like, there's not really anything super distinctive about her character, except she likes to get fucked mm-hmm. in hot tubs, which I, hey girl, me too. Hey. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, you know, I, I, I like, I like the actress. I think you know, <laughs> and she does have a, you know, her death seems pretty cool with the film yeah. and everything, but yeah, I just, you know, it's, but she kind of just, yeah, she's the most like, she's the most like, uh, like the least like kind of, shown like the least like a developed character i can agree with that i don't think she has much to do with this um and i am yeah i mean i wish she had a little bit more to do but like yeah i don't know why they even cast her in it maybe but who even knows i I don't even know man it's it's hard to say like you know if they were gonna give her that not much you know on the page so i don't know it's weird and then we have to get to our our final, not actual final girl, because she's the first one to die. Um, but your girl, Chugs, because I feel like you have an affinity for her. Oh, I do. <laughs> she that. she just she just cracks me up. But why do you taste like vomit? Oh, because I threw up earlier. But it's okay. I took a mint. <laughs> oh my god, that is so like, true, though. Like... You can heat me up. Oh god, and you know fucking her psychiatrist for you know for pills you know she's just such a role model i mean hey like that is very not ethical behavior at all but do we expect anything more or less no no not at all yeah Uh, yeah i i think for me chugs like she's the comic reliefs of this movie um as is um jessica as well um absolutely you know, because she is seen as that and she is kind of, um, you know, anchored as that. If anything, I find her character, um, yes, she is kind of funny, uh, even though it's really horribly outdated humor. Yeah, it's, it's not it, great. In, re- in reality, it's very depressing because she is a very depressing. complete and utter alcoholic and has very low self-esteem and a yeah. possible pill problem. Yeah, so that's like where I was pretty much, you took the words right out of my mouth, actually, so look look at that but like yeah no like it it also just feels really weird because i'm just like she's also like kind of the most tragic in a way like the weird thing with ellie of like she's the one who is on scholarship so all these other hoes are like rich apparently i'm like okay fine i guess 
Like, right. It's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm cool with Brianna Evigan being our like final girl technically, but honestly, yeah, I don't know. Like, why do I care about like Cassidy? I don't even really know. I, I think she could have played a more interesting character. She does charity, you know? She does yeah. do charity. Yeah, like a lot of her character is pretty much just complaining to her boyfriend about mm-hmm. like the stuff she has to do for the sorority. Yeah. And then just kind of like bat like just, you know. Yeah, just constantly talking about the fact that they killed Megan, you know, like, yeah. no wonder everyone found it out. I know, right? Like, seriously, like, it's just one of those things where it's like, who are we supposed to, I get who the final girl is, and I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, and that's why people, I mean, spoilers, obviously, but like, that's why I think people were so gutted when Jessica gets killed because they were like, oh my God, why couldn't this bad bitch have been the final girl? Like, what the hell? Honestly, she could have, you know, she could have thrown a few more insults to him. Like, yeah, yeah it's just, it would have been great. It would have been awesome. Yeah, no, totally. I, I totally believe that. Um, Yeah. So. I mean, those are our characters pretty much. I don't really know in terms of like, we don't have many adult characters. I mean, Carrie Fisher's Carrie Fisher in this movie. She doesn't have much of development in the movie whatsoever. But um, she does that's do, point. she does do, she, but what she's given, she does, she delivers. She does deliver as the quote that I read from earlier says, that's a literal quote from the movie. And you know what? That's fine with me. It's Carrie Fisher delivering it. So why not? And then what's funny about it too, is that these boys in this movie are so in a way they're so incidental to the plot really, because like, it's so, so, so generic, like very I, generic white, like, um, yeah, heterosexuals. I, I, the only one I know is cat. Like the only, actually really the only name I remember is Cassidy's boyfriend, Andy. Uh-huh. But the other two, I can't remember. And honestly, like, I would sometimes confuse them. I was like, wait, who's that? Uh-huh. Oh, right, right, right. Uh-huh. Okay. If you have facial blindness for, like, white folks, like, these movies are not going to be for you because people just look the same at some point. And I'm just like, who is this? Oh, yeah. Wait, what? They're all handsome, brunette, white guys. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And even, like, I guess the girls are kind of distinct, but also you're just like, wait, which white lady is this stalking? I don't remember um you know yeah it's a whole thing but you know that's true it's very true which is interesting which is why i think this movie can get kind of lobbed in with like something like a black christmas because i think what this movie at least does is it follows the girls whereas with black christmas it does um follow billy more than the girls where people are are like wait a minute these girls are like fabulous as hell like why don't we follow them more this movie we do follow them a little bit more um and they are bad bitches technically i guess but it gets i would put this into a weird pantheon of like a a little bit like of a a jawbreaker like a mean girls if you will like you know it's it's a female driven story that was not made by females whatsoever which is just very fascinating to me and i'm just like oh yeah and it it shows like from the opening shot it shows yeah it does show i don't know what college these men were envisioning but I don't. I don't think you know they have a giant bed and a na- nakedish pillow fight happening. You know, at a college party. I don't think so either. I didn't go to a school that had fraternities or sororities, so I cannot comment. I was never in a fraternity, but a lot of frat guys have been in me. Oh, fraternity X, eh? Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Anyway, um, I know I know nothing of what you speak. Fraternity dude, X, what is that? I'm a good dude, Christian woman. Don't 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 look that thing up, listeners. Don't look it up. Okay, it's stop. No, it is. If you want to be traumatized, look it up. Okay, listen. Maybe some people want to do that. Um, speaking of speaking of um, just from the opening scene onward, uh, do you have any particular like standout scenes of this movie that you like want to highlight and talk about or at all? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, obviously, like the the kill the first kill scene, you know, with Audrina, then like mm-hmm. arguing all over there. Chug's death scene. I think Chug's death scene. This movie, okay, this movie is not scary at all. No, not at all. The only one that kind of, but I feel like Chug's death scene definitely builds the most suspense. Mm-hmm. It's, like, there is like a little suspense at that one. Totally. I think because like um, to set the scene or whatever. So Chug's is going to her psychiatrist who has been um, tied up in his bed and she's going to have sex with him to get pills from him. Um, and so we see her walking into his very lavish home. And so, yeah, the tension building through that, I do think is fairly decent um, because they get her in a vulnerable position where she's on her back drinking out of this um, wine glass I, or a wine bottle, wine really, bottle. I think. Yeah. And it gets shoved in her mouth. And then, you know, that's how she dies pretty much uh, from our killer who then killed her psychiatrist before her. But anyway, you know, but I, I can see that. Like, I do think that's a, a good kill scene and I can, and I do think the opening, just the opening in general, like this obviously takes place on a different fucking planet, dude. Like what you were saying, like these are not real parties. I don't think, I don't think they could be even on a sorority row, which is whatever. Don't think so. Um, But that just shows like what fucking dimension we're in. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what it is. Um, Yeah, completely. I do kind of like the little kill scene in the beginning where, you know, the whole accident happens and all of that. Yeah. I think there's that. And then also like the scene where they do have like um, near the end of the film where you have Carrie Fisher, uh, Mrs. Crenshaw, you know, she has her gun, her shotgun, and she's like trying to kill the killer or whatever. That is just the, it's so great. It's so good. But then also this is where we start to see the girls kind of, um, cause the party has let out or whatever. And they like left the party for some reason, um, to go find Megan back at where they left her. And then they come back and the whole party's like vacated pretty much. And all this other ensues, but anyway, but yeah, no, I, I do like, I like that scene where, you know, it's kind of these girls going off on their own in this abandoned like house that they have now or whatever. Um, oh yeah. The, 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 the East wing is getting fixed, but it's like, Mm-hmm. it is it is like it's like half the house but like yeah it just that made it zero that was oh it's there. really weird and yeah the, this is where we start seeing other people die so we have um like claire dies in this scene and then we have um someone else dies too um so i know jessica dies as well she's the last death of the movie really but yeah i mean like I- I don't know, like these scenes. My my favorite line of this movie, though, I must say, is literally when uh, near the end of the film, where we find out who the killer is. The killer is actually, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the killer is Andy, who is Cassidy's boyfriend. Yes, but it is a little confu- It's it's a little confusing because first, like the like you first think it's well, they try to make you think that it's. 
um, Trevor, Megan's sister. Well, well Meg- oh, Megan's sister. Yeah. Then it tries. Then it tries to make you think that it's Trevor, who's Jessica's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, it's him. But then it turns out to be Andy, Cassidy's boyfriend, because they are going to because he's protecting her dot 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 question mark by killing all of her friends yeah like in a weird way so i think what it is is that yes they do think that uh caroline diamore um who plays maggie who's megan's sister they think it's her because she becomes she's not meek or anything but like she comes in as like oh hey i'm gonna rush theta pi next year da 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 um and oh, also fun little fact about the Friday Gay the Thirteenth podcast is that their theme song actually includes the little cheers that they have in the beginning of this movie. Oh yes, it's very cute. Um, but anyway, but yes. Yeah, so, but um, yeah, no, they do think it's her, but then it ends up not being her. Um, because she actually lives at the end. But oh, yes, we do have that Trevor because his dad is a politician and they have that whole scene where the dad and Jessica are at dinner before Trevor gets there. And she, he's pretty much like, he didn't say this, but like, you know, my boy needs to settle down with a Jackie and you know, like you're pretty much. And a you're, Maryland, and I you're, Mar- yeah. And you're a Maryland. Yes. Like that's pretty much what he was saying. Like yeah. literally. Cause he's she the only was, character that could outread her. Kind of sort of like, they just went back and forth because like literally, but it, I think it's supposed to show something a little different about her, except for her just being a bitch, uh, which is kind of fine. Like it's it's something that's showing a little different, but okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I think the thing was that yes, you think it's Trevor at first, and then Trevor dies, and then you find out it's actually Andy. And the reason it's Andy, like you were saying, is that she has so Cassidy has not really liked her time at the sorority and especially after this whole accident she's kind of conflicted with all of this so in order to help her you know kind of get away from this toxic you know sort of environment of the sorority he decided to just kill these people I guess is what it's like it's because and it's all because Ellie is the one who told him and then you find out that basically everyone everyone has pretty much told like at least one person like uh mm-hmm. th- their boyfriend or their th- their shrink and stuff yes, so it's basically yes. like oh we gotta kill them all and protect you and like make sure the secret doesn't get out it's like the, okay. the other line i like which is kind of funny um because all of jessica's lines are funny pretty much like a lot of them but like uh but the one line I do like from Andy is just like, you know, we're, you know, they've told us we need to start doing more things together. So let's go kill Ellie together. Right. <laughs> like pretty much. Oh I was like, okay. <laughs> like, that's where I think like the camp is kind of in here. Where I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Like there's, or like I said, I mean like the, the one line of, you know, shit who lit the house on fire. Like that's very funny too. Like, I mean, it's these things. Cause she sounds so inconvenienced. Oh yeah. It's just it. really like, oh my God, who lit the house? Who put the house on fire? Oh, shit. <sighs> God. Uh, well, and like literally the whole house is on fire. Let me tell you something about this fire at the end, though. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Indeed. I mean, I've seen Orphan's First Kill, which is a great film. Yes, yeah, that kind of quality of 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 uh, they were not really there was not real fire there. I don't believe it at all. They green screen that shit. They put oh, it in there. Uh, nothing was on fire whatsoever. Nothing was on fire. My my favorite mm-hmm. thing is so in the in the climax of the film, if you will, mm-hmm. um, it's they're like in the living room. Maggie, uh, who's tr- who tried to escape the house, 
Andy threw a Molotov cocktail at her. And so she's trapped in this like little ring of fire, surrounded by all the fire. She's like, I'm trapped, I'm trapped. And then like the floor break, like falls down. And that's, Andy basically is incinerated in flames, which, okay. And Rupert Willis finally like springs into action. And she's just like, go do this, go do that. And she tells Maggie to grab like these drapes and cover herself and run through this field of fire. You know, and she's barefoot while she does this. Just like, what the oh fuck? my gosh. Yeah. I don't it, even know, man. Yeah, this movie is ridiculous and crazy. And I mean, yeah, that whole that um scene where Andy lights up and he like falls through the floor or whatever. I mean, very reminiscent of um the scene in Charlie's Angels where that happens. Um mm amazing and then also like that's definitely just a reference to that in general because that's definitely like a cinematic thing of like a person falling into fire like probably from lord of the rings or some shit or whatever but you know it this isn't new mama all right so listen (laughs) but yeah so it's like there's that i mean although i will say like at the end so we also don't find out and here's another thing too we obviously we do not find out what the fuck happens to cassidy or any of these girls because you know why they walk out bad bitch style out of this burning house and literally like that's the end of these girls literally roll credits yeah oh not, not roll credits yet because we find out 15 months later where apparently they built up this sorority house again um, after it being yeah burned. oh yeah mm-hmm. but we do have the ending where we have Maggie who is a uh, theta pi and then they are um, singing to like the people who are I guess leaving where they say theta pi says goodbye theta pi says goodbye and that's how it actually ends that, and yeah. then like some guy with like a knife or something who's like a like a landscaper person or something like it's to assume that like oh it's not done yet. There's going to be a sequel. And there wasn't. So there never no. was. If we just don't find out what happens, but you know what? They walk off bad bitch style, you know, like three girls walking down the hallway kind of thing. Although they're walking out of this house onto um, this lawn or whatever. I'm watching walking all bad bitch. Like, so that's the end. That's all the, that's all it is. You know, so I'm just like, okay. It was the boyfriend Some, all along. Something oh tells, God. something tells me that, you just could tell men wrote this. Like, my God. Ugh. God. Anyway. But yeah. But this movie, I mean, if anything, like, it is a fascinating film that I think has since been able to get a fan base in the queer community, which I think is cool. I mean, there's a reason you like it, I guess, right? Yeah. Like, sure. It's like, fun. It's campy. It's, you mm-hmm. know, doesn't take itself too, too seriously. I, I will say that I think it takes itself seriously enough where it has to as a horror movie, but I do think maybe because it was written by a maybe because it was not written by a homo, but it was directed by one. If anything, hopefully that's kind of where that comedy came in a little bit. Um, because otherwise, if it didn't have this, this would have been a huge snooze. Oh god, um, big time. It would have been a huge, huge snooze because it's already you already have to be in kind of a mood anyway to watch the original, like honestly. And it's fine, it's a great movie, don't get me wrong. But you it can be a slog if you're not in the right like yeah, headspace. It's definitely a slow burn. And this one, while not yeah. necessarily a slow burn, I was like what we you could easily take like 10 minutes and like just chop 
chop it up a little bit because it was. I, it, I think it did. It, it receives its welcome a little too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just there's that, and then just like I would have liked if there was a little bit more female stuff behind the scenes a little bit, but. That's not what we had back then. You know, what's funny is this movie literally came out and then guess what came out the week after? What? Jennifer's body. Oh, oh, speaking of good high school horror. Oh, why is that not on Criterion Channel? What the hell? Oh my gosh. Oh, so good. Watch, listen to my episode on Jennifer's body because I love that movie. Like pretty much like, you know, yeah, no, I, I like it. Like it's, it's good. Patrick Starr like yelling like you know I'll find you or whatever like uh amazing like so good so so good did I no oh I almost put Clancy Brown in that movie he is not in that movie he is in that nightmare movie okay sorry Mm -hmm. he is oh god him and Connie Britton oh Jesus I love you Clancy Brown but like he needed the check he needed the mortgage payment he needed that paycheck he needed that check and I'm not mad at him for it, but anyway. But yeah, I mean, like, this little movie, like, I I definitely think, like, this movie has gotten a reappraisal by queer audiences as kind of this camp thing, um, which is why I wanted to cover it, you know, because why not? Like, you know, I like camp cult type food movies. Yes. And because it's cut from the same cloth as the original movie which is definitely a cult movie so that's why i definitely wanted to kind of have these little separate episodes and mostly because i didn't want to do both of them at the same time i guess uh but we'll we'll probably do the other one we'll do the original at some point because again it's a different kind of movie and we can get a little bit more into the weeds about it is. Like, and, and yeah. it, it is a the plot is a little different too it is a little different and i will give sorority this is that it did take a movie or took this movie and did something different with it i and completely i will agree. yes i will always at least give something to that whether that works or not all the time is subjective because the black christmas 2019 remake still exists um oh yeah the 2019 one. Oh my oh my oh yeah. oh oh my god that's did you exists. steal my diva cup oh and putting god. it on putting it in right in front of her and that oh. exorcist three um like little homage quote unquote oh, oh also you watched exorcist two how was that i forgot just <laughs> You know, the whole movie, you, just like you, forget you, it. Yeah, it just so I'm watching it all in preparation for the new one, which I'm mm-hmm. reserved on how I'm reserved. It's Blumhouse, so I understand your trepidation. Mm-hmm. But you know, so I watched the original, I watched the first one, which is mm-hmm. still, it just, oh God, it's just, ew, that is actual cinema. It just, mm-hmm. it holds up so well. Right. And you know, I remember watching, I remember being mildly amused by the sequel when I saw it the first time. Sure, yeah, sure. And so I, I, I turned on and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is shot really well. Like the, the, it was, a, it's a beautiful looking movie. But oh my god! Speaking of snot, like this movie—it's it, 117 minutes, and you feel oh, no. every single minute because nothing happens. Ugh. Nothing happens, and you're so bored. I, I, I kind—I think I gave up halfway through and just kind of fast-forwarded through like most of it until like mm. the very end, which is the only thing that has like any sort of like 
That's climax. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the the Exorcist three little thing that they did in that movie, just I don't. But you know what, Sophia Tacall seems like a nice lady, and mm-hmm. I'm not mad at her. I'm kind of mad at Jason Blum because he's also terrible. So you know, oh the God. terrible um up on the housetop song. Oh my God, just. Ooh, oh. not not great i don't know i yeah no mm-mm. I, mm-mm. Nope. it is so it's they i just feel like they went on twitter i refuse to call it x and no seriously it just like typed in buzzwords for the day and just generated <laughs> feminism hashtag feminism hashtag like, feminism and just was like oh okay yeah don't, don't oh, worry because yeah. we will we will talk about black christmas at some point probably near the holiday season um i yeah I I don't know if I'm talking about that one. I would talk about the other two I, maybe, but yeah, you know the the other two are worth talking about a lot. This movie I hope will just never. I just hope it never sees the light of day. If it if it if it has people who like it, great, and I'm happy for I them. I don't know who those people are, and Why? I, I uh, yeah, but that I just can't. There do are, it. there are dozens uh, of them. <laughs> I guess like just people, whatever. No. But yeah, I mean you know, but this movie I will give it that. You know, like the Slumber Party Massacre remake, it does something different. Sorority Row, I think, does something different as well. Um, and I can at least appreciate that from a standpoint. Like even the Texas Chainsaw remake, like it does a little something different. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it's nice to at least have that when it comes to these remakes. And you know, I also just wish they would make original. Well, just talking now, I mean, like you know, I wish they would just make more original stuff out there whether it's whether it's bad or not i guess it's subjective i mean i've seen a couple of the new things from last year like i liked smile like it was fine Mm -hmm. you know and that's at least kind of original so it's just being able to see that i know know you don't agree with it but i liked bad things we did talk about that i mentioned that on um my what i watched you know what i do have lyle on my watch list this month so it's on peacock and so i can watch it yeah no bad things for me yeah no i think i'm done with things being played for uh i would say with things being referenced from the shining fair and i'm just kind of like i'm just kind of like girl like no yeah Um, we have gotten a lot of those lately yeah just but stuart thorndike seems like a nice person i like them they seem that lyle might be good who knows but like you know um I mean, Gabby Hoffman's there. That's great. But like, you know, I, I just think like that movie just didn't uh, do what I, it, it, I don't know what it the hell it was for, but I'm glad for like Harry Neff and Molly Ringwald. Like, that's awesome. Good for them. Yeah. You know, getting some money, but yeah. But yeah, I mean like with Sorority Row, should you watch it? Yes. Do watch it. Go into it knowing that it's going to feel its age uh, for 2009. But I will say like, if you want a, not so serious you know fun time campy time if you will um then sure watch it right now it is on max uh it has been on prime before um so hbo max it's, it's on there and i don't know when it's going away but it will still be on there so you can still watch it um i think it also makes the rounds on tubi here and there because it was on tubi at one point so that did happen but yeah I think that's that. Do you have any closing remarks or anything like that, Pickens? I don't think so. You know, I think out of, you know, out of all the 
remakes that we got in the mm -hmm. um, early to late 2000s. I really think it was a, you know, I don't think it was, it was not offensive. It's campy. It, it is fun. There's some good lines mm -hmm. in it. So, yeah. Like you want to throw something on, you know, kind of turn your mind off. It's a, it's a good one. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. I agree. It's not complete dog shit. So not complete you know. dog shit. It is not complete dog shit. It's, it's maybe a little bit, maybe just a little bit, just but little like bit, you know, not but it, too yeah. much. Yeah. It's enough that you can brush it under the rug and be like, Oh, don't, don't, don't pay attention to that. You know, it's not April fool's day bad. Oh, you know, with that remake. God. Oh my God. Oh, you know, it's not. Oh my God. Did I just Sounds unlock a memory empty. for you? Yeah, it was filmed in it, it was filmed in Charlotte and just you know, I just remember like that April Fool's Day remake and I was like, oh no, and then um oh, oh poor Scott oh, Taylor no. Compton. I know, poor Scott Taylor Compton, like ugh. But you know what she's doing fine now and she's making those convention monies and I'm oh, so yeah. happy for her. I am so so happy for her. But her. uh but that movie, ooh, girl. Mm -hmm. I haven't even seen it and I just don't know if I would like it. Because April Fool's Day is already really good, like oh, and that yeah. movie is so like, but like why, like why? It just yeah, I I mean, I barely remember anything in the movie. I just remember just it was it was just bad. It was so bad. Yeah, and not in a fun way like House of Wax, where you see Paris Hilton get killed. I it's not even like that. House of Wax, I love it. Oh yeah, no, no, that movie is actually like kind of decent. Like I literally saw my 13-year-old ass was at the cinema to watch that. Absolutely, completely. Oh. Um however old I was in 2005, I guess yeah, 13. Like yeah, yeah, no, totally. I was there. Um but yeah, so I was on the ground level of it all, but yes. I mean also tourist trap remake we can get into it another time. oh yes we can mm -hmm. <laughs> oh completely like we will we will probably talk about that at some point i kind of want to do house of wax on the show I'll, I'll think about it but yeah but anyway i want to just thank you so much pickens for coming on the show you know i think we're obviously starting to wrap up now because i don't want to take too much of your time but um you know uh do you want people to follow your socials or anything like that so they can come sure. see what you're doing yeah, um, I'm on. I mainly use Instagram, so like my Instagram is at Party Pickens. Um, I'm usually if you type in Pickens, I'm usually like one of the first ones to pop up. Um, yeah, and I am on TikTok, you know, but I either have to have like one or two glasses of wine before I make one, mm -hmm. and it's so sparse, few, far between. Um, but yeah, that's I love me. that. That's mm -hmm. yeah. Go check out his content. You know, fun fun little gay stuff every now and then like you know yeah. I, I enjoy it like you're you're a fun person to, to follow on the socials so but thank you so much for coming on the show and i'd love to have you back we're gonna have you back for a couple other things uh coming up this year i definitely think um so yeah i mean but thanks so much for coming on the show and uh hope you have the good rest of your evening all right thanks for having me it was always a pleasure of course. As always, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do so via email at cultcinemacircle at gmail.com. In case you want to give any movie or episode recommendations, give feedback on the show, or if you'd like to just say, hey, I'm open to all of it. If you'd like to follow the show on social media, you can do so on Instagram and Instagram threads at Cult Cinema Circle. I tend to post what I'll be covering for the next week on there, post stories, things like that. 
on X. I'm at Cult Cine Circle on there. I don't really post a whole lot, but if you want to follow the show, it's there for you to follow. And then on Letterboxd, I'm at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, Kremp, K-R-E-M-P, all one word. On there, I log little movie reviews. I'll log what I'm watching. And then it's also a nice way to kind of see what I might be covering on the show in the future. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast on your podcatcher of choice, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm pretty much on all of them. Be sure to leave five stars and a one to two sentence review about the show uh, so we can grow the audience and then just spread the love all around. Be sure to tune in next week to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast, where I'll be covering 1995's To Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Three New York drag queens on their way to Hollywood for a beauty pageant get stranded in a small Midwestern town for the entire weekend when their car breaks down. While waiting for parts for their Cadillac convertible, the flamboyant trio show the local homophobic rednecks that appearing different doesn't mean they don't have humanity in common. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. And remember, Ellie, I love you because you're always there to help with homework. You're like a spell check with a nice rack. Take care. Bye.